Well, good morning, friends. My name is Ryan. I'm the lead pastor here at Radiant Life. It's awesome to see everyone from those that are just checking us out to, for the first time to those that have been members here for a long time. It's awesome to see everyone. And uh, team, great job as always, worship team. Thank you for leading us. We've been in a five-part series titled The Adventure Awaits, and we've been looking at the truth of what it means to follow after Jesus. We've said almost every week the objective of life isn't just to believe in Jesus, it's to follow him. Not just on Sunday mornings when we come and gather in places all across the world that look like this, but Monday when you get up, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, every single day of the week when you get up, you're saying, Jesus, I'm going to follow. I'm going to follow. But this morning, I want to begin by asking a quick question as we wrap up this series. How many of you are swimmers? You would say, I enjoy swimming. All right, some. How many of you would say, I enjoy laying out by a pool? That's about as far as I go. <laughs> yeah. Well, about a year ago from this time, my family took a trip to Tennessee in the Smoky Mountains there. Uh, great trip. And in Tennessee in March, you get warm weather and cold weather. You never know what exactly Tennessee weather is going to be like in March. And my family goes, and the place that we're staying at has an indoor pool and an outdoor pool. We go outside, or we go down to get into the pool, and I'm thinking um, I'm staying inside. And my kids, what pool do you think they want to go to? Yeah, the outside. So they get in, and they, you know, kids, they're jumping in. They're having a great time. And my wife and I are on the lounge chairs, and I'm like, I am not getting in that thing. It's a little too cold. I know it's Tennessee, but it's still March. I'm not getting in the pool. I'll go inside and get in the pool. Actually, I prefer the hot tub. How many of you prefer the hot tub over the pool, right? Yeah. And my kids go, Dad, come swimming with us. And I said, why? So you can jump on my back and hurt my neck? I mean, that's what kids want to do in the pool. You don't want to swim with me. You want to hurt me. And I'm in the pool, and I get in. Because, you know, you got to be a good dad. you got to get in with your kids. But you know how I get in? I go to the stairs. One step. Whoo! <laughs> you know, you just wait right there. You're not even ankle deep yet. And you're like, just let me adapt. All right? One more. Okay, we're up to the shins now. And it's getting cold. And you're just like, whoo! All right, all right. One more. And then you're just like, when you're like, all right, there's one last step. And you go down. And you hit that point where you're like, you're standing on your tippy toes, you know? You're like, uh-uh, this is cold. And that's how I got in the pool. And then all my kids are like splashing me, right? And you're like, no, stop it, stop it. Not the hair. <laughs> Serious, fashion, that's what it does. And they're splashing. And you know when you get hit in the back with cold water, you do that arch, you're like, ah, stop, stop. And I was like, man, am I a sissy now? Like when you're young, how do you get in a pool when you're young? You jump in, right? It doesn't matter if the pool is 50 degrees or 80 degrees. As a kid, you jump in. Can I ask and tell you this? When it comes to following Jesus, just jump.
Some of you know right where this song's going. Just jump. Right? Just jump. Here's the thing. When it comes to following Jesus, if you don't just jump and you're going to take every morning, ah, oh, man, should, should I or should I not? Here's what's going to happen. You're going to talk yourself out of following Jesus. Just jump. Just jump. Turn to your neighbor and say, just jump. I wonder if it's why Jesus says you got to have a faith like a child. Just jump like kids do in a swimming pool. Just jump because if you wade in, you're going to talk yourself out of it. You're going to go one step and be like, I don't know about this. And come right back up. You're like, all right, I'm going to go again. Two steps. And you're like, oh, it's too cold. I'm out of it again. Just jump. Following Jesus isn't safe. Your heart's safe. Your soul is safe. Your schedule's not safe. Because following Jesus means you're following something, someone. So when he decides to take you over there, all of a sudden, but my schedule says here, all right, Jesus, I'm going to go there. Just jump. We're going to look at one last story as we wrap up this series together. So if you will, grab your Bible, grab your phone or tablet. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 14 found in the Newer Testament, Matthew, and we're actually going to talk about who this guy is next week. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew is a disciple, a follower of Jesus. We have his letter, which we title Matthew. But it's there for us. It's in the Newer Testament, two-thirds of the way. He writes on the life of Jesus. And we're going to start in verse 22, but before you get there, let me, t- let me set up where the disciples are in Jesus. John the Baptist, the guy that was, so to speak, the forerunner of Jesus' ministry, went around baptizing people, calling them to repent. The kingdom of God is almost here. you got to repent, repent, repent. And all of a sudden, John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, has been beheaded. He's died. And the next thing we know is Jesus is performing an incredible miracle, which I'm going to ask Jesus when I get to heaven of feeding of the 5,000 with two fish and five loaves, right? Many scholars, again, we talked about it in the fall. You're, you're about 15 to 20,000 people there. And Jesus feeds it with, five, with two fish and five loaves. I don't know how that miracle happened, but I'm asking Jesus, how did you do that? He just got done, and Jesus puts the 12 disciples, 12 young men that Jesus chose to follow him to do life together into a boat. And this is where we pick up in verse 12. Oh, let me show you this. We saw this picture if you're here last week. This is the Sea of Galilee on the north side of present-day Israel. Uh, This is looking west at the city. You can see the city there is Tiberias. We saw this picture last week. But here I got to, I was able to go across this sea on a boat. So we got to the middle of the lake, and I wanted to take a picture of what it looked like during the day in the middle of this sea And you can begin to see a little bit of the waves, a little choppiness. It was very choppy that day. And storms come out of nowhere on this sea. And here's where we are in verse 22. Let's look at this together. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples, those 12 young men that he's been doing life together, get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. 
The crowd meaning the 5,000 that he just performed this miracle. So Jesus says, 12 disciples, come on. I'm going to put you in the boat. See you later. I need an alone time. I'll see you on the other side. And I can imagine the disciples saying, well, where are you going, Jesus? Not with you. See ya. <laughs> and he goes and dismisses the crowd. And the story continues in verse 23. It says this, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Now, how many of us, we just don't get alone time with God? Man, we are so busy in our lives. And yet, here's Jesus, after the, one of his most biggest miracles he did, sends his disciples, says, I'll meet you on the other side. I got to go get alone with God. And how much more important it is for us. Jesus was the Son of God. He is God. He's God in flesh. And he needed time alone with God. How much more important do we need time alone with God? But here's Jesus up on the mountainside praying. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Verse 25, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. Now, how cool would that be, right? To be able to see that. But the disciples, on the other hand, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were what, friends? Oh, they're, they're scared, right? It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. I don't know, what, what are they more scared of? The storm that they're in or this ghostly figure walking on water? And this word here, cried, this is originally written in Greek. The word cried is like an inaudible sound. It's like a, ah! Imagine 12 young men going, ah! You little girls. I mean, they're terrified. It's a ghost. Ah! They're scared out of their mind. And I love the interaction that happens next. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And I imagine Peter sitting here in the boat, right? Ah, it's a ghost. All right, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you. And here's Jesus say, Come. And imagine maybe Peter's like, ah, oh, shoot, why did I say that? <laughs> Man. Then he said this. Peter got down out of the boat, and he did what, friends? He walked on the water and came towards Jesus. I wonder what that must have felt like for Peter. To sit in the boat in the storm and see a ghost and all that, but when he hears the words of Jesus, come, he gets out of the boat. I wonder what it must have felt like for Peter to walk on water. Only two people have ever done it, Jesus and Peter. So please don't go home this summer and try to walk on any lake or any pool. Hey, I'm a Jesus follower, and the pastor said in Matthew, they walk on water. Don't do it. You're going to sink. All right? You're not going to impress your unsaved friends. You're just going to sink. Don't do that. But my question for you is, if you were Peter, how would you get out of the boat and start walking on water? This is my holy imagination. I don't think Peter was like, coming Jesus, I'm woohoo! I don't 
think he's just like steadfast pace. If I was Peter, I'd be like, oh man, all right, I gotta come to Jesus. All right, out of the boat I go. Oh, oh, oh. oh, dear God, <laughs> yes, I knew you would do it, Jesus. I knew it. All right. Yeah, I'll be there in a minute, though, Jesus. I'm coming, I'm coming, but I'll be there in a minute. Oh. I wonder if every step Peter took was so calculated. And I think what Peter may be getting to us as followers of Jesus in this point is whose faith is more inspiring, the one that got out of the boat or the 11 that are still in the boat? The one that got out of the boat. I wonder if Peter is trying to actually tell us what faith looks like. When Jesus is asking all of us to come, come, I think the very first thing in our lives is we got to risk the what? One more time, risk the, risk the step. If Peter never risked the first step of getting out of the boat to follow Jesus, he would have never experienced the divine. Every step Peter took was a risk. I, I, this is unnatural to walk on water. Would we all agree? It is totally supernatural. So every step that Peter took was a risk to him. But every step allowed him to experience the divine. I often wonder if so many times that the boat looks so much better because we're comfortable there. There's safety in the boat. And we don't ever risk the step of getting out because it's scary. But I don't think it stops there. I think it's risk the step, but every step I think what Peter's doing is trusting Jesus. Trust who? Okay, one more time. Risk the what? Trust. This is, I think this spells out faith. If, if it wasn't faith, is faith not risky, or it wouldn't be called faith? We would know. Sometimes it's the unknown, and I think Jesus often calls us to what's uncomfortable, to what's unfamiliar in our lives. It's not natural, Peter, for you to be walking in a storm on top of water. Risk the step, trust Jesus. And for some of us, we just got to get out of the boat. God never called us to live in the boat. God called us to get out there. And we play it safe in our faith. It's an adventure with Jesus. Yeah, get in the boat, disciples, but there's a moment I'm going to call you out of the boat. And you may have to risk the step and trust me in the process. But so often we want to see what lies in front of us. I want to see that next step. Man, it's, I, don't, I don't play with risky stuff. I want to know for sure. But yet Jesus is saying, come, risk the step. Trust me. Trust me. I love what Proverbs 3, 5 says. What's the very first word? Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. The writer of Proverbs doesn't say, hey, trust in God with about half your heart. And everything's good. No, he says trust God with everything. But lean, and lean not on your own understanding. You know why if we leaned on our own understanding, we would still be stuck in the boat. 
I'm not getting out on the water. I'm not risking this step. Are you crazy? There's a storm, Jesus, and the boat looks a little safer than getting out there with you. Trust God with everything. Risk the what? Oh, we got to do that again. Risk the what? Trust. I was sitting there on Friday. My youngest daughter, my five-year-old, doesn't have school on Friday as a preschooler. And uh, my wife was gone. And I was sitting there, just sitting on the couch, watching basketball, going, risk the step, trust Jesus. Risk the step, trust Jesus. And everything I do, I need to risk the step, trust Jesus. And my little five-year-old came up to me, Gabrielle, and she goes, hey, Daddy, risk the step, trust Jesus. I was like, all right, God, what are you trying to say to me from my five-year-old? I was like, I got to get out of this. This is weird. Why are you talking to me like this, right? I'm the pastor, child. I should tell you. I go upstairs, and she's following me upstairs going, Daddy, risk the step, trust Jesus. Risk the step, trust Jesus. Risk the step, trust Jesus. I go into the bathroom. She's like, Daddy, risk the step, trust Jesus. Risk the step, trust Jesus. Over and over and over and my heart was breaking, and I say, girl, I hope when you grow up, you live that out. I hope all of us live this out. See, the adventure of following Jesus is risking that step. Don't hold out. Just what? Just jump. Just jump. I'm going to risk the step, but I'm not just being stupid and risking I'm trusting in the one who's calling me out of the boat. The rest of the story continues on. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And what, friends? Beginning to sink. Did Peter fail? Right now he's failing. At first, he's the only one that got out of the boat. But right now he's failing. He's beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Here's what's amazing about this is following Jesus, he'll allow you to sink a little bit, but he will never let you sink completely. I imagine Peter, you notice they were close enough where Jesus could just reach down and grab him. There was a distance, I don't know how far from the boat where Jesus was, where Peter walked, but Peter was able to go all the way to Jesus and all of a sudden, this is a whole nother message, but he began to look at everything around that's happening. Lost sight of Jesus began to sink. And do we not in our own storms? We lose sight of Jesus, we'll begin to sink. But the good news is Jesus is right there watching Peter sink, sink. Help me, help me. Uh -oh. All right, now you're good. You can come up now. And for some of us, we feel like, man, I'm sinking, I'm sinking. Jesus is waiting there. I see you. You can go a little more. All right, now you're good. You can come up. But what's crazy about this verse is imagine you were Peter over here. You're sinking. Jesus lifts you up. And you're like, all right, I've already walked on water. I was sinking. I'm good, Jesus. You can calm the storm now. Jesus made Peter walk back in the storm. Just he climbed on the boat. Then it's still. See, oftentimes we may find Jesus in our storms. And we're like, why isn't it calm yet? Because he's working through. He needs you to get back in the boat. I, I, you took that risk. You did everything. But now you're in the storm. I got to get you to safety. I'll take you to a place. And we want 
the storm to end. Come on, God, end it, end it, end the storm, end the storm. No, 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 sometimes Jesus has to walk us through. I love what they said. So when everyone's back on the boat, what they do, friends? Say what? They worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. And they just began to worship Jesus. Scholars say it's in that point right there, that's the first time that the disciples who have been following Jesus, who have seen the miracles, realized who Jesus was. You are the Son of God. That is who you are. I love what Pastor Craig Rochelle of Life Church, it's the largest church in America. 60,000 people attend his church all throughout the state of Oklahoma and other little campuses. He says this, each time I was willing to take a what? a risk to go somewhere and do something unfamiliar, scary or uncertain, I learned to what? Trust. Risk, risk the step, trust Jesus. I learned to trust God more and more. He goes on to say, sometimes the best decision you can make is to go even when it's easier for you just to stay where you are. And church, I wonder if for so many of us, we're still on the boat. It's just easier, it's comfortable, it's, we feel safe on the boat. That invitation for you and for me is still Jesus is calling us to come. To come. For some of us, it's just a relationship with Jesus. We've never nailed that down because you're just, I don't know what friends are gonna think of me, it's just, I don't know what, what my life would look like surrendering to Jesus. I don't know that. Will you risk the step and trust Jesus? For others of us, this boat represents our finances. We feel safe and, man, we know exactly what everything is and we're just afraid to risk some things, to maybe give a little bit more, trust Jesus more with our finances. And Jesus is saying, come. For some of us, the boat's our job. Just, this is all I've known. I don't want to go to something new. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I'm asking you, Jesus is saying, come, will you risk the step and trust him? For others of us, this is our relationship. Maybe with a spouse, maybe with friends, maybe with a family member. That it's comfortable because we haven't had that hard conversation. And having hard conversations why they're called hard conversations and hard. It's easier to stay in. My question, church, as we wrap up this series, will you just jump? Will you just surrender and say, all right, God, it may be storming right now, but I'm going to take and risk every step to follow you. And every step I take, I'm trusting you. I'm just going. I don't know where this adventure is going to lead. I have no idea. I don't know what may happen to my job or my finances or my family, my relationships. Whatever it looks like, I'm jumping and I'm going all in for Jesus. Will you surrender everything this morning? If following Jesus cost you everything, would you still go all in? Would you still jump? We're going to ask you to stand and we're going to sing a song, I Surrender. And as we sing this together, I want you to be thinking in your heart, 
Can I truly sing these words, I surrender? I just need to jump. I just need to be like Peter and risk the step and trust Jesus. I'm asking you, church, will you just jump? We weren't made for the boat. We're made to get off the boat. And the point isn't to gather people on the boat and say, yes, we're doing it. No, the point is to get out there, to risk the step, to trust Jesus more and more. Will you take the jump? Will you surrender everything? Just jump, church. Jesus breathe within 
Risk the step. Trust Jesus. Can we just close our eyes for a minute? With all eyes closed and head back. I want to ask you a question. Why are you still on the boat? And Jesus is saying, Come. Will you just jump? 
And I know it's scary just to jump. But I often wonder, is it even a risk if Jesus is involved? It looks like a risk on our part. But when the divine is there, you can't go wrong. With all eyes still closed, I want to lead us in a prayer. For those of you that haven't nailed down a relationship with Jesus or want to rededicate your life, you've been on the boat far too long and you're, you're going to be a child, you're just, you're just jumping. Will you say this prayer quietly in your heart? Heavenly Father, I confess to you, I've done life my way and I'm tired. I need you. So I'm jumping. I'm getting off the boat and I'm all in. I'm putting my faith and trust into you this morning, Jesus. You died on that cross. was buried and rose again three days later for me. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for this thing called grace. That even when I mess up, you still love me. Thank you that I am a new person right now. And if there's anyone this morning that said that prayer, I'm going to ask you on the count of three to shoot your hand up. I believe when you make a decision internally that it gets solidified when you make that external hand raise that you're saying, yes, I've jumped. I'm a follower of Jesus I'm going to ask you on the count of three just to shoot your hand up. Number one, Jesus loves you. Number two, you've jumped. You're all in. Number three, if you just have your hand up, I want to see your hands. Yes, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Several, amen. How many more hands, church? You jumped. You're in. Amen. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Yes. Yes, I see your hand. Yes. God, thank you so much for new life. God, thank you so much for those individuals who raised their hand and said, I'm going to risk the step and I'm trusting in you, Jesus. There is no greater thing in life than an adventure with you, following you. Will we hit bumps? Absolutely. Jesus, you say in this world, we will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And Father, with our hearts, we align them with you and say, God, do what you got to do because my life is so much better with you. So much better. Jesus, thank you so much. You are so awesome. I pray for every hand that was raised that they live like you more and more. Would you put a hedge of protection around them? as they begin their new walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Church, can we give a hand of applause? We got new family members now. At this time, our ushers, you can come forward. It's a great time to grab that connection card off the bottom of your bulletin. If you're a first-time guest, you can take that connection card to Radiant Cafe. We've got a gift bag and free drinks on us. For the rest of us, just drop it off in the plate. Remember, a couple, of that, a couple of things. If you want to get baptized, maybe that's your boat. I don't want to jump off. It's time to jump. Baptism. I've decided baptism. Circle B on the bottom there. Tell us what service you'll be in. Your size t-shirt so we can get you t-shirts. 
and well as member, uh, membership on Wednesday night that I'll be teaching. Again, as Pastor Josh said, you can come to the class. It doesn't mean you have to become a member. At least you got all the information if you decide to become a member of Radiant Life Church. All right. Oh, lastly, if you raise your hand, it would be awesome to mark that on your connection card because we as a team want to pray for you and lift you up so bad because there's an enemy who hates the decision you just made. But we want to be a church that wants to walk with you and protect you with your walk with Jesus. It's awesome. Hey, the band's going to lead us in a couple more songs. Let me pray. And let's do what the disciples did. When people decide to follow Jesus and acknowledge who they am, who they are, they got on the boat and they started to what? Do you remember? Worship. Let's worship Jesus. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again. God, I pray for those hands that were raised that this offering specifically goes towards discipleship that we have more people looking like you, Jesus, living it out. Every single day the adventure awaits. And I pray as a whole body here in this room, may we wake up saying the adventure awaits, Jesus. May we follow. Wherever, wherever you take us, may we go. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, church, repeat after me. Risk the step. Trust Jesus. May we be radiant in our lives. May we live like Jesus and share his love and part of our, part of our faith. May we risk every step and trust in Jesus. Hey, next week, what do doors and you have in common? You'll have to find out next week. Hey, invite someone. Blessings to you guys.